Welcome to the Industry Insider, brought to you by Promo Corner. Each week, promotional product professionals Meg Erber, Jeff Franklin, and Stephen McFadden, along with special guests, will discuss industry news, trends, and events with a focus on educating the promotional products industry. The Industry Insider, the nerdy news you need to know. That's right, ladies and gents, we're back for yet another episode of the Industry Insider, your promotional products podcast where you can get all the nerdy news you need to know about. My name is Jeff Franklin. I'm the National Accounts Manager with Headwear USA, and I'm joined today by three other lovely folks. But before we get to them with this spicy, spicy take today, uh, we got to tell you about our fine sponsors, our awesome and somewhat convenient sponsors for today, uh, PPAI Expo. So take it away, Brendan. Are you looking for ways to make your business more successful in 2023? The PPAI Expo is the best place to find the connections you need to make that happen. On top of networking while on the show floor, you have the opportunity to attend targeted networking events designed to meet your specific needs. These events and experiences include the Chairs Leadership Dinner, Women's Leadership Conference Social, Spark Networking Reception, Technology Leaders Networking Event, and Promo Palooza, the PPAI Expo Party. Find your people and grow your network at the PPAI Expo in 2023. See the full schedule of events at ppai.org forward slash expo. Limited spots are available for each event, so be sure to register today. Man, how excited are we? We are coming up on Expo. It is looking good. I'm excited. I didn't get to attend last year, the first one back since COVID, uh, well, I should say this year, and uh, really excited that you guys brought Palooza back. But before we get into that and the topic for today, Stephen McFadden, how are you doing today, sir? You know, yeah, good. Yeah. Yep. Getting over six still, moving in tomorrow. Um, lots of just boxes every, everywhere. It's a mess. Life's a mess. Lots of things. Um, lots of things. Yeah. But hopefully- are you gonna be- yeah, yeah. Are you going to be unpacked before Christmas? I hope so. <laughs> um, yeah, Good deal. I, I think. Uh, I think. Yeah, that's the that's the plan. And I am also doing another project where I'm going to create myself a new area for doing these podcasts. So that should be coming uh, probably after this one. So we will see. Nice. So, Looking uh, forward yeah. to seeing the new space. Yeah. Meg Erber, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, ate a lot last week. Love all that Thanksgiving food. <laughs> yeah, I guess we should uh, preface the episode with if we all look a little bit wider, uh, you know, of course, it is the week <laughs> after Thanksgiving after all. So uh, and our very special guest who needs no introduction, but we're going to introduce him anyways, Dale Denham, uh, the CEO of PPAI. Super excited to have you on. And uh, thank you for joining us while you're on the road as well. Uh, definitely do appreciate it. Uh, how are you doing today, Dale? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. It's great to be back with you all again. Uh, and like you, feeling a little fuller from the holidays. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, Dale, it is customary for us to give our special guests a good three to four minutes to introduce themselves, particularly maybe how you got started in the promotional products industry and what you've been up to since. So for the people that don't know you or have been under a rock, uh, why don't you take it away, sir? You're asking me to give you a 30-year career in three minutes? Yep. Come on. Yep. Yeah, that, that's what we that's, do here. That's what makes but, you the man. 
this way. Let's put it this way. If your audience doesn't know my history, they didn't watch the last show, they can go back and watch it. No, uh, so I've been in the industry almost 30 years. I started on the service provider side, joined ASI in 2000 as senior vice president, then joined Geiger for the last 10 years, senior vice president, CIO. And then in August of last year, joined the PPAI staff uh, and had served on the PPAI board for five years, including as chair of the board. Um, I did, like many people, try to escape this industry at one point. And around 2010, I tried to leave. And within a few months, I was like, I love that industry. What am I doing? We are so fortunate to be in this great industry with people that we love, um, competitors even. I love that we can be friends with our competitors. We're all doing similar things, but we're going after helping the business world leverage promotional products to make their businesses stand out plenty of business for all of us so it's a fun industry and i'm happy to be back and um, at my age we'll probably not try to escape again i'll probably just stay here the, the rest of my career so there you go well see dale this is why doing the introduction more than once is a wonderful thing because i don't think i knew that about you uh about that you were at asi before uh i knew you were at geiger and i only really knew you as uh dale from geiger so uh and of course now you're running ppai over there so super excited to have you on and that's really why we brought you on today because we want to talk about ppai state of the industry we want to talk about you know sort of how ppai is gearing towards you know sort of coming back post covid and what we're doing with all the different facets because ppai has their hands in a lot of different things you know we're doing legislative stuff we're doing uh you know partnerships with regionals you've got all the different uh committee work that you're doing whether it's you know like i said rrc or uh ppef and that sort of thing so just have a lot of questions uh you know for folks that you know don't necessarily have uh you know their ear on the inside and uh, just bring it to the to the masses as far as what's happening and and sort of the direction that we're headed um, and and potentially why and how much of that is, you know, PPAI staff versus board and all that good stuff. So um, first of all, why don't we talk about, you know, sort of the state of the industry, Dale? Like, what, where do you where do you see us currently? I mean, is is recession something that's, you know, looming on people's minds? Are we are we completely out of COVID now? Like, what where are we? Yeah, so the general economy, is, as we all know, depends on who you are, where you are. Uh, it's affecting us all in different ways. But what I will tell you is that our industry as a whole, the data that we're getting is telling us that we are having a great year. Um, nearly every company that has been pushing hard is up above 2021, 2020, and many, if not the majority, are up over 2019. Um, it's been tough. People have worked a lot harder this year to, than they maybe did in 2019 to get the same kind of results. People are dealing with challenges that they didn't deal with before, but people are having a great year. Now, what does that mean for next year? I've talked to quite a few executives and they are planning for growth next year. They're fully aware of what's going on in the economy, but they are planning for growth. Uh, and even when I ask them what's their plan B, there's nobody predicting a decrease in their business right now in a plan B. They're, they're expecting a little bit slower growth or at, at worst, no growth for most of them. So we're in a really good place. And I think the pandemic really helped us. If you go back to the fourth quarter of 2020, when everybody was like, how do we reach our employees and customers who are at home? And we responded with kidding and drop shipping. And now people are like, oh, this is fantastic. Us to leverage what they're aware of and do it better and don't do the same thing we did in the fall of that year. 
I think we're in a really good place. I think where our medium is appreciated more than ever. And our, we're definitely seeing the price points going up, people spending more on items and maybe getting a few less items and trying to make them matter more. So I think it bodes very well for what we're looking at in 2023. Awesome. All right. <clears throat> Meg, Steven, do you guys have any questions about where we're at in the industry or any, any input? I mean, I, you, I, go ahead. Go ahead, Meg. What are you seeing the biggest challenges right now? Are you seeing the biggest challenges are supply chain issues, labor um, disruption still, or I don't know, is there one that I'm missing? <laughs> what are you seeing are the, the biggest challenges right now? It's, it's really depends on, again, who you are. We're hearing okay. both equally. We're hearing a little less on inventory than we did, mm -hmm. but it is still a problem in the best sellers, right? So if you've got a hot item, keeping that in the right color and getting it out is tough, but clearly labor it remains a very significant challenge uh, across the board for our industry. So if I had to pick one, it would probably be at the top for most people. Uh, even though people are hiring more, it's taking longer to uh, train them and to train them well. So maybe you're talking to a service, customer service representative who doesn't have the um, culture of the companies that we used to have. Um, and so a lot of our industry has turned to outsourcing. And we're seeing a, a trend of more and more people hiring customer service in El Salvador and uh, the Philippines. Um, and actually having client-facing interactions. So I think labor is probably the biggest challenge. And it's definitely one that when I talk to executives is what we're worried about. Because when you hire somebody, you don't want to turn around and fire them. That's not a, a good strategy. So people are cautious about those long-term hires. Yeah, I'm worried long-term about the labor too. I, so much has changed. You look at our communities in general, and I'm, this isn't even promotional products, but I'm just driving from here to you know Philly, it's less than 20 minutes, and there's a new warehouse popping up. There's two new warehouses over here, and when I go down to exit 10, it's all warehouses. So that's it, it, everything. It, it seems like everything is going that route. It's like kind of reverts back to all these movies you saw in the 80s of how our, the world's gonna be. It's kind of scary when you're having to, you know, the, the most of the jobs are gonna be on that level, but nobody wants to work those jobs. It's, it's really tough. And then you have the Amazon, like paying i don't know that's that's the other issue the, yeah. the wage increases is very challenging and, and creating upward price pressure and to your point whether the people want to work the jobs or not they may not want to work the hours it used to be people in, in the factories if you will or the warehouses would would generally be happy or willing to do overtime yeah uh, at this point they're burnt out on all that overtime yep. 100%. i mean that's Kind of what you guys are talking about makes it a really good selling point for somebody like a delegate CX. I mean, I know we've had them on before, but, you know, just outsourcing labor for those kinds of issues really makes a ton of sense when you talk about those kind of things, the increase in wages and things. It, you unfortunately, know. you can't. Well, maybe not unfortunately, fortunately, probably, because it's one of the concerns I have for America. If we outsource everything, then what happens? But, mm -hmm. you know, warehouse jobs, you can't really outsource. So No, you can't. No, you can't outsource everything. That's for sure. So, Steven, all right, well, look. Steven had a question and I interrupted him. So. No, no, I, I'd rather keep it going. We have a lot of <laughs> awesome uh, things to chat about. All right, go ahead. So I'm gonna... We got a lot of a lot of cayenne and some some chili flakes to throw in here. So, Dale, you said you were in a spicy mood. So I'm looking forward to some some good conversation. And, uh, you know, hopefully 
uh, everybody understands we're still friends at the end of this thing. I have a really big question. I know it's on everybody's mind. What is going to happen to the industry or the online 18 for next year? <laughs> The the Meg's online the 18 only person that cares right now. Yeah, <laughs> the online 18 will continue, Meg. It will. Um, it will look a little different, but it's going to happen. There you go. For all 18 of you that were wondering about that, and are uh, you still you. doing it, Dale? Because I know you talked about outsourcing that or, or right. passing the torch. I I will still be involved. How much I'm involved is yet to be announced. So okay. Because I know yeah, ASI just put out their Power 50 this year, and I really liked the way they did it. They did 10 at a time, which had me kept going back to their site, back to their who made it this week or who was this week. So that was really, I liked that. It was very, like, yeah. grabby. It was very grabby. They, I they did a that. great job with that, yeah. as always. Yeah. So, right. Jeff, back to your point. I, yes, I did say I, I was welcoming tough challenges and comments today. So if if anybody's like, wow, Jeff's pushing Dale really hard, I invited that. So now I can't say we'll still be friends after it, which is what you said. I don't know how hard you're going to push. Like, so we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see. Evaluate oh, come on now, Dale. We're, we're still friends at the end of this, regardless. Come on now. <laughs> um, no. So I look, I think since I mean, COVID affected PPAI dr dramatically, you know, obviously there was a lot of, uh, a lot of labor cut back. I think you guys went from 80 some staff down to 40, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then, you know, obviously Paul left, uh, you came on, there's just been a whole lot of change and I don't know that there's been a, a great avenue and maybe there is, and we're just not aware of it as far as the transparency or, or where the decisions are coming from and, you know, what we can expect. Cause I know, you know, it's 97% small business. Uh, so I'm advocating for all the small businesses out there that might not necessarily know what's going on that really rely on those associations like PPAI and ASI. Um, so when there's, uh, you know, a lot of instability or changing, um, you know, it's always good to really, uh, I guess, just have a, an idea of what's happening there. So uh, hopefully Dale is still with us. <laughs> or is it me? Your question was too no. spicy. <laughs> This is the this is the problem when you're in a hotel. The internet drops yeah. out. So I, right after we started talking about you know give me tough questions, I froze. So did did you just uh, uh, who me? Is that uh, the World Health Organization? Did you just, did you just hew me uh, and and on my Taiwan question? Is that what just happened there? <laughs> Please ask it again. I'm dying to hear it. <laughs> No. So look, it's 97% small business. And I think, you know, a lot of I'm advocating for those small businesses that, you know, really he rely heavily on the associations like PPAI and ASI uh, and just any types of inconsistencies or changes. Um, you know, it's, it's good to have that transparency to know, you know, sort of where those decisions are coming from. Uh, and so I would really like to just get your uh, your feedback on, you know, the regional partnership because PPAI and the regionals, uh, were very much hand in hand for many, many years. Um, and I, I am very much involved in the regional community. Uh, and I know that, you know, from this past LDW, which I wasn't an attendee of, um, you know, there was a lot of feedback from that. Uh, so just want to, you know, I guess the first question we'll, we'll launch into the regionals and sort of where the partnership is between PPAI and the regionals nowadays. So I want to start by addressing um, the, you know, the, the history, the changes, all of that. And who makes decisions at a high level. Um, the PPAI board makes the budget decisions 
and decides how we spend our money. And I serve at their pleasure and they serve at your pleasure. So you elect the board. The board is one of the, there's two key jobs of the board. One is to manage the CEO and the other is to manage the finances, the budget, make sure the money is being spent. So no, no money goes into my pocket outside of my salary. There's no um, stock options, things like that. Whatever money we make goes back into the industry and they are tasked with making sure the decision is um, in line with what the industry needs. So with that being said, the regionals is one of the areas where for years we spent a lot of money, a lot. You'd probably be surprised to know we spent nearly a half a million dollars a year supporting regionals. And what I will tell you is that I think some of that was well spent, but not all of it was well spent. And one of the things we do that we are told that is appreciated the most by the regionals is that LDW event. And even being there, it was great. It's a good reminder of the value of in-person events. PPAI is as committed to the regionals as we have always been. That hasn't changed. What's changed is that when we're investing money into an area, we want to make sure that it's driving results. So think about any of the regionals that you're involved with. What results are they driving? And any money that you spend, you're trying to drive that result. If you have an event and nobody shows up, you're not going to run that event. If you have an event and it doesn't accomplish the goal of that event, you're going to change the event. And so for us, we're looking at the regionals, and I believe you would all agree with me that it served on regionals. If you're dealing with the same problems that you were dealing with five years ago, membership, etc., attendance at shows, well, how much progress have we actually made? So we really want to work on making progress together. So PPAI remains committed to the regionals. That maybe the difference is that I put things out on the table. I'm willing to say, hey, look, let's talk about this. Here's the undercurrent. I will tell you so many people come up to me and tell me what, I, what the regionals are saying, as opposed to the regionals telling me that. And so what we did, and we did it poorly, and it's my fault, we had a town hall. And when I say we did it poorly, what was the problem with it is we ended with the town hall where I did what I asked you to do this morning, ask me tough questions. And they did. And boy, were they tough, but they were the questions that I knew were out there. And I was able to address them, hopefully, in, in what I was told was a positive way. I did. We weren't defensive. And so people, unfortunately, left with this feeling of, oh, my gosh, there's all these problems. The reality is they were there. We just now put them out in the light. So I, I compare it to a healthy relationship. They go through relationships, go through different phases. And if you have a bad relationship and you're not talking to each other, you may still be in a relationship. What do you do to get that done? You go to counseling. What does the counselor say? You got to start communicating. And that's what we did. And in hindsight, I should have done it first, not last. And we would have ended on a better note. That being said, we've got a long way to go with the regionals. There's a lot of work. It's not going to be one thing. This conversation isn't going to solve it. Me attending every regional event isn't going to solve it. But over time, what we do will prove to the regionals our commitment. So that's the high level. Now hit me with the tough specifics that you've heard. Don't go easy. Yeah, so I, I think that's one of those things is, you know, the you, you had mentioned communication being key 100 percent in that relationship. And so I, I feel like the challenge and maybe that's 
what you guys are addressing. Uh, Rack certainly uh, prior to RRC uh, may have been the cause of some of those issues with communication between PPAI and the regionals. I don't, I personally don't know really what's going on with RRC because it's relatively very new. And uh, so I don't know if the communication has been more streamlined now, um, you know, so. So the communication issue has been a challenge. So ever since COVID, we lost a dedicated person to focus on the regionals. And we announced at LDW that Christina Sanders, who's been with us almost 20 years or maybe more than 20 years, took over that responsibility. She also serves as an executive director of SAC. So she knows how hard that job is an executive director and how to put up with you volunteers and the difficulties you drive them nuts with as a board. So she's the perfect person and she's already made a huge difference in communication with some regionals who are reaching out to her and responding to her. And I know within another three, six months, everybody who engages with her is gonna see there's a difference. And that is to your point of the biggest challenge. If they start seeing that we're communicating, it leaves less room for people to make up stories of, oh, well, PPAI must be doing this for this reason or that reason. We're not. Understood. And then I know, Stephen, you just attended a PPEF board meeting or presentation, if I'm not mistaken, right? <clears throat> You're that I did. <laughs> so I was like, I can't click it fast enough. Um, <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah. And um, I, you know, I'll be honest, I came in with as only a volunteer, like I, you know, I was going into a new position in, in next year. Um, actually, when I accept the position, I'm like, I, I'll do it, but I can't do anything until 2023. And they said, okay, sounds great. Hey, can you be in Texas in two weeks? I'm like, <laughs> I said not until 2023, but okay, I'll be there. So um, so anyway, so when I went, I, I didn't really know a lot of the background or the frustrations or any of that. So I was basically just doing this the whole time, just like watching people and trying to contribute where I could. Uh, but it, 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 I think the, the thing that I got most out of it was the open dialogue to know all that has happened to PPAI. Um, I, all I know is is from is what I'm being told, you know. And and to be honest, I don't read all the messages. I don't read all the blog reports. I don't, you know, not nobody does. If I'm being honest, you know, maybe somebody, maybe there's probably somebody. I do. There. Dale does. <coughs> Props to you. Um, but if if we're not be if we're being told information and we're not actively pursuing it, it's like that's our own fault for not figuring out what the answers are to some things. But in some cases like this. I didn't know why some of the EDs were in and out, and I didn't know what you know what um, PPI's role was with PPEF and that dynamic and the trading. There's a lot of stuff I could probably get into and probably can't get into, but even the PPAI PPEF relationship um, was a big hot topic, and I think we had half of our meeting timeline dedicated to just talking about that. So. Um, it was really informative. I wish I could give more specifics. Maybe Dale can elaborate yeah. on some of those. Um, I'd like to just say that that's exactly what I think needs to happen. It's dialogue. And we did. We confronted in the PPEF meeting concerns about changes that PPAI was making to the effort we were putting into PPEF. And the fact is we're actually putting in more effort, but we're, we're stripping away things that weren't driving results. Um, and again, that's driven by the board. How much can we invest? And so PPAI is the largest contributor to PPEF year after year after year. And that still remains. What we're doing is focusing the energies where PPEF 
And that's what we ended up having a conversation about. What does PPEF need? What are the key things that need to focus on? And just like we all do in our business, there's certain things that we say, you know, that's not adding the value we thought it was. Let's not do that anymore. And ultimately, we had a great conversation, Stephen, that I think gave clear direction to PPAI of what PPEF needs. And it ended up being very healthy. But to Stephen's point, people came in, some of them came in going, what is PPAI doing? But we address everything wide open and will continue to do so. And believe me, I hope that within six months, we're not having regionals still feeling the way they are because we're working too hard and investing too much to not have people value what we're doing or to, even if they value it, feel frustrated by us. That's really my hope as well, to be honest. And I can only speak for myself and the optics that I see and or how I feel about what I'm seeing because I'm not inside those board meetings. I'm not in any of that. So I don't, and and a lot of people, they think that, you know, oh, well, this is all Dale's decisions or this or that or whatever. And that's not the case because you had mentioned it. You know, you serve at the pleasure of the board and the board is the one that has to make those tough decisions financially. Um, I'm sure that's what happened with the cutbacks between, you know, going down from the, the 80 plus employees down to 40. Um, you know, from from my perspective, I just know that uh, there was a regional strategic foresight committee that was uh, created uh, at an LDW several years ago. And a lot of the big talk about that was, you know, do we still need 27 regional associations? Um, do we need to start talking about, you know, how to restructure things? Do we want to do chapters like uh, promotional products in Canada does? Uh, we have five districts. Should we just have five chapters? That sort of thing. So those were the kind of conversations happening in that strategic uh, foresight committee. Um, and so that took place and then COVID hit and then, uh, you know, Dana Geiger, who I'm a, the, a huge advocate of, I mean, best employee that you could have possibly had at PPAI in my personal opinion. And she was one of those that were let go. And it just, it felt like such a stab in the heart to the regionals because she was literally the best person that could have been in that spot. Um, you know, so you've got that conversation and Dana's gone and then LDW is taking a hit and all this other stuff. So it's just the optics from somebody that's not in those meetings. Uh, and then I think when you came on board, uh, you know, again, to your point, a lot of things are financial right now. You know, we've got to still recover from not only recover from COVID, but we've got to, you know, make sure that we're in a position to thrive beyond COVID. So I understand where all that's coming from. Um, so so you know, let me just talk about that for a brief second. Yeah. You just you just sort of summarize the challenge. People are looking at all of this stuff, everything and going this, 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 this. But in the end. All we can do, you as a board of your regional, us as PPAI, is work on where we are today. And we, I get we need to be aware of that history. We do. But all of that is feeding into this emotion of, well, what's PPAI doing? Yep. The, the fact that things were said during the strategic committee that you talked about, about moving into chapters, people are blaming me and our current staff of trying to take over the regionals and turn them and into And that was chapters. before you were even there. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> we get all this stuff. Yeah. In the end, I don't want to run regional associations. I barely like us running the SAC regional association as we do, but there's a real value to that, and I won't get into that one. We don't want to run the regionals. Well, I said that at LDW, and all of a sudden people are like, well, he doesn't care about the regionals. They're moving away from regionals. I was like, no, I'm trying to tell you we're not trying to take you over. So people make up whatever story they want. Here's yeah. what it is. PPAI has a strategic plan that we believe is in the best interest of the industry. I was a part of it. The board was a part of it. The directors were a part of it. We've shared that with the entire industry. 
the regionals, we said, this is what we believe is best for the industry. Get on board, move with us. If you help us do this, this allows us to invest more in you. Well, then it turned into, they're telling us what to do. They can't tell us what to do. Like, no, we're telling you this is what we think. We'd like you to get on board. It, it helps us invest. So I get why there's confusion, but I'm trying to say, we want to work with you. Here's what we believe needs to be done. Help us. And if you want to do your own thing, that's great. But recognize that we're investing in this plan and where we invest in this plan. If you're part of that, we can invest more in you. But that doesn't mean if somebody doesn't want to participate, we don't want them to succeed. We do. Awesome. I love it. Meg, you've been quiet. Yeah. This con this, this, I know. This well, I I yeah, because I don't. Ha so it's weird. My my perspective is really outsider right now because I'm not on any boards for any regional associations. I helped out with SAGME this year. Um, and my experience with TBI was very pleasant. I had no issues. I was very, I was honored that Dale came to the show and, and like, and it was really, I saw Norm from ASI, like it was really nice. I, I can't preach enough, you know, compassion over competition or whatever, collaboration over competition. And I, I feel like this industry is run on volunteers, but being on many volunteer committees, there's, which I'm like looking at it from being on a committee from Dale looking into kind of like the originals, again, my opinion, my perspective completely, there's some committee members and board members that really care, right? They really do care. They really want the, everyone's best interest in mind and they're putting in all the work and they're doing all the work. And then there's the other 80% or 20% or whatever of the committees of the board that really just are there just to be there. They're like, hey, I can check this off. And they're with lagging it and I feel like that's what's holding people back from my perspective. So how do you fix that? And I I didn't know about that five district thing, the five chapters. I really like that idea. I I talked with um you know a couple of EDs, couple presidents, and and we've actually talked about that at length, but not on the same. I didn't know that was actually where, where it, it makes sense. But where it runs into problem is who loses their job. Yeah, yeah you've got right. twenty seven right. regionals. If you shrink that down to five chapters, I mean somebody's going to lose their jobs. Now and, you've got a lot of executive directors. Whether you have somebody lose their job or not, we don't want to lose the community. That board you were just talking about, you're right. We are run on volunteers. They make those events happen. And those events will not succeed like they do without their involvement. So that's the that's the rub of this. I think the idea of four or five or whatever mega regional sections is great. But you can't lose those local boards. You can't lose the commitment of people like Jeff and Stephen and Meg, even though you just volunteered. You made that show happen. The volunteers did it. And if you yeah. take that out of the local communities, we can't yeah. run those shows. We can't yeah. run those events the way the local people can. So I'm going to uh, advocate for uh, 50 regionals. Uh, <laughs> One for one per <laughs> one per state. So, well, uh, it's crazy. There's three in Florida, two in Texas, three in California, and there's a bunch with none. We're almost there, then. Um, hey, so I, I outsider looking in, it seems to me, and I'm going to give this opinion, and you guys can comment. Ninety percent of people's frustration is because they lost somebody that they were good friends with, like in the industry. It seems like people's frustrations are were super high because this person that I worked with for so long is now gone, or this person that helped run this or I was working with this gone. You did touch a little bit about some of the struggles PPI had just in general. Maybe that would be a good perspective just to share a little bit of 
what it was like over the last couple of years, highs and lows, and why why the shrink happened and where you guys expect it to go? Sure. I, like every business, uh, yeah. in March, April 2020, we all stopped and said, hey, what are we going to do? I did this at my last company at the time, and layoffs happened like crazy. Most businesses around October started going, wait, wait, we need people. Oh, no, we really need people and started investing again. Well, PPAI, we didn't have our show in January 2021. That pays for all the work that we do. So we didn't go hire people in October. We waited till the end of 2021 when we we're like, aha, we are going to have a show in 2022. And we started making plans to hire again. And I had gotten hired in August of 2021. So we were a year behind everyone else in starting to rehire and even further because we had to wait until we had the show because in December it was like, well, is there going to be a show? We think there is. And we would have had millions of dollars in cancellation fees and eaten up most, if not all the reserves, done things the way we did. You did do direct to you though. So that brings in a question because we're talking financially and I know from from an exhibitor's perspective we didn't do the direct to you because the cost was on par with what it would be for an in-person with obviously without you know the expense of that you would have you know renting out a convention center at mandalay bay um so maybe that's a question as well and of course i know that's probably a board decision as far as what's charged uh you know for an exhibitor and things like that so maybe you could talk mm -hmm. about that a little bit and direct to you is not a highly profitable event it's also not an event that is widely sought after we did in 2022 we're in 2022 right still have it um and we we looked at the data we reached a thousand people who have not attended expo before so we're mm -hmm. going to continue to do direct to you because it reaches a different audience but in terms of roi like right now, this is great, the four of us chatting. But if we were in a room, it would be that much better. And there's a reason we get together in person and why people are willing to pay for it. It's just that much more valuable. So direct to you did not come close to covering the amount of money we would have made at Expo. Um, more importantly, we had a lot of cancellation fees that we had to deal with, with the hotel and such that we had to work through legal issues. Had we not done that, we'd have been in really bad shape. We did lose a million dollars last year. Um, but we had a good year the year before, and we're having a good year this year. We're in very good financial shape, but it's due to Expo. It's not due to direct to you. And what, again, we'll go back to, we take that money and put it back into the industry in the best way possible. And right now, advocacy has always been a big one with the government, and that's very expensive. But we're really pushing the promotional products work now. We want to elevate promo in the industry and raise the awareness outside the industry and, and send a better message. And so a lot of our money is going there as well as education, as well as still regionals and all the other places that we've been spending, even though our revenue from the show is still down and will be down for years. I'm not sure if slash when we'll ever get to 3,000 plus booths again, um, but we are having a really good year this year. We might we might exceed the numbers that we've been telling people both on booth registrations and attendees. So we're in, we're in a really good place. I know yeah. I'm super excited about Expo. I, like, I can't too. wait to get back. <laughs> Me too. And that's where I was going to take this before we wrap up is, you know, what's your outlook? Um, is there anything new and different that we can expect from PPAI Expo this year? I, for one, am really excited. I, I probably wasn't going to attend Promo Palooza last year. I was like, eh. But then I saw how cool it was, and there's no doubt in my mind. Sorry, I got really excited. I have no doubt. You gotta attend it. 
but I'm going, I'm, I'm going. We, so. we weren't going to do it again because it was like a one-time thing. That was the goal. But because so many people couldn't get tickets who went to Expo and so many people didn't come to Expo, we were like, all right, one more time. Now, the problem is it is so great. How are we ever going to top it? Um, but it is, it is good. We got a few tricks up our sleeve at that event that will be a little different. But in the end, the, the event as is, is just phenomenal. In terms awesome. of other new things, one that's important for people to know is if they don't register by December 4th, there is a late registration fee for distributors. And that is new. And that's going to upset some people uh, because they're going to wait and go, oh, January 1st, I'm going to register. I'm going to go. Oh, there's a $49 fee. The other thing is non-members are paying a fee to attend no matter when they register. And that's part of our um, learning from last year is the suppliers who went really loved the deeper conversations. So while we still want, the, and we will have by far and away the biggest attendance, we are okay if we have a thousand less people because they didn't want to pay $49 or $99 to attend the event yeah. because it is a business event. If it's not worth that, then maybe it's not worth having you there. Um, or maybe you're better off going to a show that doesn't charge that. It's not that we think we're so good you don't have to pay. It's that there's a business cost to being there. And last year went so well. So we want everybody there, non-members and members alike. But we want them to be there with a business attitude on. Um, and then I will say in terms of what else is new, I can't get into details because my marketing team will kill me. But on Tuesday morning, we are doing this really cool event before the show opens that we are excited both because of the production value of what we're doing, but also the value that the attendees will get from it. So um, let's just say that it it's going to help people embrace the idea of idea selling and not just product selling. And it's going to be done in a really fun way with a lot of value. And that's Tuesday morning. And we're just starting to tease some of the information about it. And we're replacing the association update that we used to do. So boring. This is <laughs> the exact opposite of it. So, I'm so, so this excited. is, if you want me, I'll go ahead and tell you guys, it, it, it isn't me as the keynote speaker. I know that's what you were thinking when he was describing that. God bless um, you. It isn't any of us as a keynote speaker. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know it's going to disappoint a lot of folks, but. Uh, I heard Ronnie Jenkins was opening. No, no, nope, nope. <laughs> no, Ronnie Jenkins. It's it's even right. better than that. So I know this one has ran long, but I do want to just ask one more topic since you brought it up, Dale. And I was going to segue into it, but then Meg rudely interrupted my incredible Rude. segue to PPW, man. What's going on with promotional products works? Because I know you guys are now doing this whole end user thing. Why did PPAI or the board decide to get into the end user aspect of our industry? And, and why is it beneficial to us? And where's that headed? So if you look at most business to business, even business to consumer trade associations, they're promoting the industry. It's sort of something we should be doing and it's baked into the, the responsibility. And we did have something called get in touch where we created graphics and shared that and did things, but it didn't get funded on a year after year basis as the way we want to do it. And one of the reasons we're talking about having end user shows online is because it's a need that needs is out there. So it's a need that needs. It's a need that is out there. And the end users won't all come to drive to an event in person. The in-person events are the best. In-person, in-buyer, in-person industry shows, they're the best. But we can't get everybody to attend. And one of the things I saw in the pandemic was how many end users 
were willing to come to a good online show for valuable, we'll call it education. They don't really want to get trained how to sell or this or that, but education on how to use our medium. And that inspired a whole new idea of how to elevate the industry. We put a lot of money into a video, a production video to elevate promo and then created these um, pavilions where instead of just saying, oh, I'm looking for a hat or this, it's the type of use and it's the marketplace and all sorts of things. And that's going to continue to grow. And we're funding that and it's going well. And the other thing we're trying to make normal is that end user shows are here to stay. There are groups, SAGNI, Promotions uh, Products Association of Canada, many distributors who have had end user shows for a long time, yet there's still a lot of people who are afraid of them. It's really valuable. And just to be clear, we're not bringing end users to Expo. That is not anywhere in our plan. And I don't see that happening any time in the next five or 10 years or while I'm CEO. It could, but we aren't talking about it. We are looking at online events and driving more awareness to those regional events with end users as well. Understood. Uh, and since you talked about in-person, I mean, I could go on for like another 20 minutes, seriously. Like, I, I really appreciate you being on and discussing these topics with us. But uh, you had mentioned uh, legislative uh, advocacy. Uh, lead has been sorely missed over the last couple of years. Are we advocating on Capitol Hill again this year in 2023? It is in the budget and the plan is to do it. Now, whether or not something happens with the political arena, who knows? But right now, yes, there will be 50 plus people advocating on the Hill think in April, it might be May. I think we're, we're still picking one of the two dates. It's really tricky. Um, I think maybe it's actually May, possibly April. So I think, yes, we're planning on it. Good deal. All right. Do either of you uh, have any other questions? Well, actually, Dale, I know you've got way more important things than to, to listen to our podcast on a weekly basis. But uh, if if you were able to catch it, Stephen, actually, we just talked about uh, him uh, going into university and talking about the promotional products industry. Uh, and I know that's another thing that PPAI does for us, uh, being small business and trying to get that awareness out there because uh, we're not in the curriculum at all. Uh, so how do what is PPI doing for the curriculum to get us into uh, universities and to make awareness for, uh, you know, our, our younger generation that's coming up? So that's been something that's been on the um, plans year after year for many years with very moderate, if any, success. There was investments uh, of pretty significant nature. And what we have found is exactly what Stephen did is the best people leveraging their local connections. And when I heard that story from Stephen, it's pretty darn inspiring. I love what he did. And I sent that over to our editorial team. So I would say one of the things we're doing is trying to elevate those stories and make sure people are aware that they can do that. And the data that we're creating with the promotional products work campaign can be used and the presentations that we're creating can be used as part of what Stephen and others are doing. But what Stephen did was very creative. It was him. And he, he leveraged his contacts, but also his approach. And that's the best way to do it. We, we don't want to give a cookie cutter that says do it our way. Um, but we have tried many, many times to try to deal with the high fiving over there. Is that, how, do you, how do you do this? Meg, it's the uh, other corner. <laughs> I think it's the other way, Meg. Oh, sorry. There you go, right there. I, I my mirror. She's vertically challenged um, or horizontally. Anyhow, um, we love what Stephen did, and that's truly the best thing. I can I okay. can add, jump in a little bit more, Jeff, too. So I was I had a meeting yesterday actually with PPI folks about that because um, Dale passed them off, and so I met with Ann and another colleague, and we brainstormed several ideas. One of which was there used to be a tool 
um, that they kind of had year over year, which was basically a new to the industry template, um, which we all agreed was something that was outdated because it wasn't being used very well. So we talked a little bit about what that could look like because if my situation in the class wouldn't have been a good resource for it, but my AMA presentation would have been a great resource for it. And it's, you know, I panic because I'm like, I can't do the same presentation twice. Some of these kids are going to be the same. So I had to remake a presentation. So I call Lindsay Davis at PPW, you know, Promotion Products Work. I'm like, what do you guys have? And it was like, well, we have this from this piece and this from this. And I've got this thing here. And so then afterwards, I'm like, man, it would be great if there was a kind of a standardized thing of if we were to have an opportunity to tell people about our industry, what does that look like? How do we how do we take a one hour class and make the most make that the most effective you know, outline. Now make it your own with it, but if someone gets in that position and has an opportunity to give a presentation, if PPI could have a resource like that. So after our discussion, they're like, yeah, like that's, that is something that I think we could work on together um, to figure out how we create that type of a resource for others. So very cool. Dale, I'm so sorry that we ran late, but invaluable information. Really love having you on, and uh, hopefully you'll come on again at some point. And uh, the main the main question to wrap up the conversation is: Are, are we still friends? We we are even better <laughs> friends than we were before. You all, thank you for doing what you do. Uh, thank you for having us on today, and I look forward to seeing you live and in person at Expo. And uh, really appreciate all the volunteering you all do, as well as the work you do on this podcast. So thanks. Well, Dale, that's a wonderful, uh, a wonderful segue to our incredible sponsors. Uh, the Wait, just for the record, I want to point out, I, I think it's very clever. You invite me on the show and then you're like, hey, would you like to sponsor this show? Now, in fairness, yeah. I prefer <laughs> that we sponsored it, but I just want to make it clear. You did invite me first. We didn't like say, hey, well, we sponsor it unless only right. if Dale comes on. But a brilliant business move on your part. Um, but we were glad to do it. And we really are excited about it. Hey, we thought about making it extra spicy and have, you know, like a KSI sponsor for you. Um, you know, you know, or, you know but we, we, we were going to be nice. We, we, we appreciate that. But I'm just glad that Jeff is returning. I heard him say today, well, I didn't go to direct to you. I didn't go to PPAI. I didn't do this. I'm glad you're finally rejoining those of us who have been committed to this industry and to being in person together, Jeff. Wow. wow. All right. Fair enough. I'll, Are we still I'll, friends? We're still friends. Read you know what? None, of, none of that was my decision. I would have been an expo in 2021, sir, uh, but I was not allowed. Well, <laughs> I will buy you a drink at Promo Palooza. All right. And we're going to hug it out too, right? You got it, man. Sounds good. All right. Well, listen, uh, I don't know if you caught it or not, but you better be checking your watch. Dale said there is a late bird uh, registration fee. All right. So you got like what, four or five days, uh, go get registered if you're coming to expo. Uh, so you don't have to pay that $49 fee, but, uh, Brendan, why don't you take it away and tell us about the PPAI expo. Are you looking for ways to make your business more successful in 2023? The PPAI expo is the best place to find the connections you need to make that happen. On top of networking while on the show floor, you have the opportunity to attend targeted networking events designed to meet your specific needs. These events and experiences include the Chairs Leadership Dinner, Women's Leadership Conference Social, Spark Networking Reception, Technology Leaders Networking Event, and Promo Palooza, the PPAI Expo Party. Find your people and grow your network at the PPAI Expo in 2023. 
See the full schedule of events at ppai.org forward slash expo. Limited spots are available for each event, so be sure to register today. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Promo Corner's Industry Insider. For more great content from industry thought leaders, including podcasts, blogs, and videos, visit promocorner.com.